reunion of the Unwanted back July 10th, 2023. Ricky's not here, so Charlie, take it away. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Ricky will be here. He's just running fashionably late. You know how he is. I do. I know Ricky. You know. Well, it's all happening, as they say. And uh, (laughs) where do we even start these days? By the way, also, Sam Tripoli is not here. And, uh, but I don't know. Do we have a word if uh, Sam's going to I'm gonna here. Join? Oh, holy crap. There he is. I am here. I missed him. He, he joined as <laughs> I was. here. I'm at, hanging. I'm banging, bro. As I'm I was in a, it. I'm in it. It sucks because I had a. I I'm had neglecting a, my children right now. I had a voice mail from you uh, telling everyone why you couldn't be here, but now I can't play it. Oh. Oh, I'll play <laughs> it. Still play it. Play oh, it. I can't. pretend like I'm here. All Look, right. Here's, I'm here, not here, here now. Here's your voicemail that you left me. Okay. Hello, everyone. This is Sam. Sorry, I can't be on the union of the unwanted tonight. I'm busy washing my hair. Remember? Oh, wait. That's your voice clone, Sam. It sounds exactly oh like God. you, doesn't it? I mean, my God. I feel like I was listening to myself. <laughs> I cloned Sam's voice, and uh, that's what I got. This I'm, AI I'm, is taking over. <laughs> it's, you sound that like is... a, a mentally oh. deficient British person, which is Why not Why make him gay and Irish, though? <laughs> Because I'm gay and Irish. <laughs> the computer knows you better than you. It really does. <laughs> well, ay, ay, ay. Ay, um, ay, ay. What a way to start. Welcome to another Union of the Unwanted. We're yes. hanging. We're banging. We're in it. We got a nice group of uh, 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 people on here to talk about a wide variety of subjects. All right. Here we go. Uh, is anybody here new? Is there any new people to the show that's never done it? Number six down there. He's new. Number six. I'd raise number my six. hand, but you know. Uh, yeah, my name is number six. I'm from TNP, which stands for The New Prisoners. You can find us on Rumble, Odyssey, and uh, also Twitter streaming live. Uh, now, what we do is uh, very similar, actually, at TMP Live, where we bring a panel of folks on and talk about some crazy things. And I'm really excited to be uh, included in this madhouse group of guests uh i'm I'm familiar with steve we've worked before i'm definitely familiar with charlie you've done some stuff with my friend chris graves and so have you sam uh scott we should get familiar with one another and 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 so shall we courtney but uh thank you for having me that was like the conspiracy version of uh, uh romper room i see charlie and scott and steve too courtney and monica and Susie olsen too oh Oh, Mike, you know you're hearing that Alex Jones reading off names. Yes, in your head. I got it yes. in my head. I, I can't okay, play those clips right now. Just checking. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Thank you, number six, for joining us. That's great. We're g- happy you're here. Happy to be here, brother. Um, all right. So, guys, world, what are we talking about today? Well, Ricky's What's today's here. Subject? Ricky's here. Look at that shirt. That guy. Wow. That guy's winning something. I don't even know what he's winning, but he won. He's By the way, got, Monica he just got awarded best, a beer sponsorship and a shoe contract. Look at yeah, looking at Monica that has shirt. the best background ever. I like everyone has a thousand books. Mom's like <laughs> Monica's like I'm going to be the only one with no books. No, I'm just starting my collection. <laughs> no, I just this is my first podcast from my new house. I love. Whoa. It. I love. It. I love. It. I'll shut up what? now. Monica's like I only need one book, and it's the good book. Thank you very it, much. There is a book on here. I don't know where, where, why that was the only one. The weapons of mass migration. I think Courtney would like this one. Yeah, <laughs> did you see her face? She's like, oh, ooh, that looks good. 
It's about to get crazy in this motherfucker tonight, isn't it? Look who's here. Everybody Uh-oh. I love. Oh, my wow. God. What's up, pasta? What's going on? Except for Tripoli. I don't love Tripoli. No way, you know. He made that chubby comment about me two years ago. You look great, bro. I did Thank to you. motivate you, and my work <laughs> here is done. Every show needs Your a name heel. is Pasta, and you're afraid of fat jokes? <laughs> yeah, no, I was there for that. It was motivational. Thank you, Sam. You it did the Lord's problem, work on bro. that. You did. Yeah. No problem, dude. You know, the next day I was at the gym. I'm like, you what's going great, on? Bro. You look Triple like you have full blown I ain't having this. You look great, buddy. You look great. Thank you, brother. And I love you, bro. I really do. You do amazing work, Tripoli. Thank you, buddy. I love everybody here. Ricky, do you have a topic you want to start us off with? Are we live? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are yeah, live, yeah. buddy. You showed up late, dog. <laughs> Sorry. I assumed we were. But uh, no, I don't really have a topic per se. Uh, I know we've talked about this in the past, but I don't know if anybody's opinion on Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, has changed or what they think of like, uh, you know, just his popularity, um, you know, some of his interviews he's done and, uh, so on and so forth. I think some of us are a little divided, um, by, you know, by him. Cause I know the, I've seen some tweets from some people on the, <laughs> no, no, on the <laughs> that uh, differ from other people on the call. But, um, I, as you guys know, I think we talked about this last time. I'm, I'm a fan of what he's doing. I, he was just on the Lex Freeman show and I like the fact that they were asking him about, uh, about the left and they're asking him about, uh, Trump and, and, and these things. And, and he, he said that when he was on the Jordan Peterson show that he felt like it was Jordan's goal to just get him to bash, you know, the left or somebody else, you know, and he's like, I don't want to do that, you know, and I kind of like that approach. I like the uh, idea that he's more about trying to bring people together and try to focus on like the similarities we have instead of, you know, falling into this, you know, left, right nonsense, which I think most of us on this call would agree is nonsense and really is just used to divide us. So the fact that, you know, he's, he's kind of deflecting, you know, those questions and, and not really entertaining them at all. I think is definitely a good thing, but he's got a great um, body, doesn't he? Does he? That yeah. dude is on TRT, if anything. I mean, yeah. that guy is jacked. He's Jack Kennedy. Coming those, from I don't give I don't give a damn. Those back. nipples are, yeah, like, are on point for sure. <laughs> you're damn, pushing He's seventy got hard nipples. If you're Someone pushing seventy and you don't have a Bill Gates body, you're on something. You're taking yeah. something, and there's nothing wrong with taking vitamins or supplements or what. I don't care if he's going to the jungle himself to strangle a tiger to extract its semen so he can shoot it into himself. Like it, that that has little to do with whether or not you're going to be a champion for the state of Israel. Today we found out Someone that tigers are not a rock. to do full range push-ups, though. Yeah, you're right. Respect, Those- Courtney. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so here. Um, my Court- biggest thing is that uh, once again, everybody seems to be looking at, at somebody w- with the hopes of that they're pure light. And I'm just, I'm at this point in my life my 50th uh, lap of the sun around the world, because we all know this, the sun goes around the planet Earth. Um, <laughs> we, it, it, it's, I've been let down enough that I'm, I'm over looking for any kind of savior. And I, I really don't believe anyone's come to save us. And the best we can hope for is not complete garbage. Uh, but do you have any faith 
in any of these people at that level being able to be get anything done. I think that the problem is that we're defining what winning is differently over here. You know what I'm saying? If you're if you're hoping that somebody's coming in with a cape and coming to save democracy and save the day, then you're 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 not being realistic. What's going to happen with RFK? And it's kind of you know interesting with this particular group because I've been you know I've done now events with this group. I've been on the show before. You know, I, I tell people all the time how, you know, Union of the Unwanted and all the people on that show provide a, a platform and a space for me as an old school liberal uh, leftist, anti-imperialist leftist come and talk. Uh, and I think that's great. But what he is going to do and what he's been, been able to do right from the get go is elevate the political discourse in a comatose nation that is, is just asleep. That's you can't that's priceless. You can't replace that. And I hate the fact that, don't, you know, people only play the, the normies or the majority of the people only pay attention to politics once every four years. But that's the field we're dealing on. So I'm going to go meet them on the field when they're doing that. I mean, obviously, I think a lot of this question, you know, me being the one here that's now fundraising to go cover him on the campaign trail. And when he's not around, I'll go dip into other campaigns. If I can go see Tim Scott or Vivek Ramaswamy or obviously Cornell West, who's been nice enough to give me an interview and face the fire, I'm going to do so. But like I said, from the get go, what he is bringing to the table as far as the conversation, right? You know what I'm saying? It's it's something special when you can talk to you know, Republicans or conservatives or popular right people, populist right, who were so concerned what happened to us over these past couple of years. And thank you very much, everybody at the table over here, because when people talk about, oh, man, the convo couch, uh, the, the, those guys were covering the covid right out of the gate. And I was like, yeah, because I had good friends from Union Under the Unwanted who've been watching these people for so long. So thank you so much. But when you can go talk to a populist right who's who's going to be a Trump and say, well, who is really better on the on, on the covid situation all in all? Wasn't an R guy, RFK over here. I mean, he's one of the only people right now that you can go and, and you can talk to somebody who's just head over heels supportive of Donald Trump and go, wait a second, look at this option over here. So it makes for better conversation. It makes for different conversations. It makes for conversations that would never be had unless he was running. So that's why I'm supportive of his campaign. I, I totally agree with that. I think it's less about what, what he's going to do if he gets in. I honestly don't even know that he will get a nod. I know Roger Stone was talking about possibly there being a Trump-Kennedy ticket. Um, I know Ken, that RFK said that it, that would be blasphemy to his family. But honestly, it would be very strategic for both of them. Both of them would it like benefit greatly from it because there's people on both sides who are very unhappy with each of them and each of their platforms and for what they've stand, stood for and what they've been saying. Um, and it would kind of fill in the gaps. So I'm not going to rule it out. But that aside, I really agree with what Pasta is saying. I think it's more important, the conversations that he's raising. Uh, and I think that, you know, when you look back in 2016, like when Trump was running, there were a lot of overlap in what RFK is saying now and the types of conversations that he's raising that made people who would have never voted for Trump take a look at Trump. So I, I think that that those conversations are really important. I'm not, you know, I kind of uh, agree with Sam, you know, I've, I've kind of lost my uh, starry eyed, like the, the savior is going to come and, uh, you know, save the day. And we're going to, you know, that this one man is going to somehow like reform the whole country and bring it back. I, I don't really see it that way. But I think that the conversations that, that are being raised and so many people who would look at RFK, who are people who wouldn't necessarily look at the ty types of topics he's bringing to the forefront. I think that's really powerful. 
because the people who are willing to listen to him, a lot of them are really, sh they may be really shocked at first to hear some of these things, but it, it's bringing it to the forefront in a way that, you know, from somebody who they might listen to. And I, I think that has great power. So I had an interesting interaction with somebody that I, that's close to me, that's a hardcore Democrat. And I asked what their opinion was on RFK Jr. They described him as reprehensible. <laughs> so I thought, did they explain that? Like, why? What is so reprehensible? Vaccines. About oh, okay. Um, vaccines. They're, so, they're, so they're it's all like brainwashed. Um, hi guys, I haven't been on here in a long time, but um, sorry about that. <laughs> but thanks. It's nice to be with all of you. Um, isn't that so sad? Because I did the same thing. I asked um a friend of mine that was always trying to debate with me. It's still a hardcore Democrat. I'm like, well, if you're so hung up on a Democrat, why won't you at least um, entertain RFK Jr.? And and they're like, no, you know, Biden's barely left it uh, enough for me. So it's certainly not RFK Jr. And it's just like, it's so ridiculous. But beyond that, I mean, after what we saw the Democrat Party do with cheating um, and even against their own Bernie Sanders um, to to piggyback on Courtney <laughs> Turner's pessimism. I'm like, I'm sorry, but like, I love that he is, um, you know, a Democrat that's actually not talking along party lines, but it, it becomes one of those things like, oh, am I excited about seeing this Democrat that is not completely like mind effed like all these other Democrats have who've gone way over to the communist transgender. I mean, it's just insane. It's, it's totally insane at this point. So it's refreshing to see that in a Democrat candidate. But like, is it kind of like an echo chamber? Because when you talk to an average Democrat, they're just, of course, like because of their hypnosis are like, oh, well, since the mainstream media is telling me RFK Jr. is not really a, a Democrat and he's more of a right winger, then, then I'm going to find him, as you said, reprehensible too. You yes. know, so that's, it is an, it is an echo chamber. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would completely really agree with that. I, I just don't know if the conversation's worth it because at the end of the day, how is he going to make it through? Like, with what they did to Bernie Sanders, like, even now, Biden, he has like, there's no plan. There's no plan to go out and he's and there to control a demographic. No, he's no, there to weaponize a populist platform nothing. and to push military industrial complex bullshit, just like any other candidate that's ever served to us. I, I have zero faith. <laughs> the great thing about this question, though, is that everybody gets to choose their own level of participation. You can have a surface level conversation where we all pretend like we live in a, a free country where one person gets one vote and there's an open, transparent, democratic process by which to count them, ensuring a, uh, you know, legally and legitimately elected candidate we can do that we could do the the you know opt in at the level of participation where we've all seen the dnc fraud lawsuit and we all heard or we read the transcripts and saw bruce spiva the dnc attorney say technically there's no such thing as a democrat the this is a private corporation we don't have to operate by our own bylaws we can acknowledge that uh that at least up to this point rfk jr has said he won't sign a loyalty pledge which means that he is ineligible for participation within the DNC framework, which effectively makes him a third party candidate. 
in the eyes of support media coverage, ballot, ballot access, even at that level. And I may be incorrect about the ballot access thing. I'm not sure. Uh, but reality is going to creep in at some point. And the way that the Democrats have rigged their own party and rigged their own system is how this thing is conducted. So either RFK Jr. gets on board and openly shows everybody that he is willing to be, you know, to become the machine, to reform the machine, uh, or he tries to work outside of it. And we still pretend like he has a shot because it's a legal, fair, free election system and, and continue to have the conversation about it. Um, you know, or you can just look at what historically the party has done to anyone that they didn't want there. And then you can look at the larger picture with the continuity of government. If RFK Jr. fritz into that, if there's a framework and RFK Jr. is going to effectively move the ball in terms of UN Agenda 2030, 2050, so on and so forth, by, I, I don't see why he wouldn't wind up the, the next president. Becoming the machine to reform the machine sounds like but it's not it, the, my point is is that it's not going to be it ultimately we we we're not going to make that decision that decision is going to be made and then sold to us to your point um steve from beginning to end rosa quarry who was really so on the forefront of the climate change the agenda 21 stuff she said she was really building momentum and i i i remember very distinctly like congressmen and senators and stuff who never took chances coming out against it. Like their constituents were just um, waking up to the problems with it, property rights, all of that. And she said that as soon as Trump got elected, people stopped showing up. She was, there was a snowball effect coming where they were, they would, she was, had the anti-Delphi effect. They were going to these city council meetings, they were getting hurt and they were really slowing down agenda 21. And I feel like that the climate thing is the weapon of control, the final ultimate, like with tech going forward. And I don't think RFK is strong on that, on the contrary. And so I, I think, you know, our eyes are all on the Vax thing, but that's just could be his way I, of building trust. Would he say, allow ESG? <laughs> I mean, would yeah, he allow something I, I don't like even ESG think to take hold? Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I, not only would I say that he's not strong enough, like he's all for the the climate stuff the whole climate narrative he's been spewing that so yeah i mean he's definitely not it's interesting i, I don't know who's saying that he's uh you know not conservative i think a, a bunch of you are saying that that he that he's being like he's being portrayed by the mainstream media as like the you know i, I think you said it christy right that he's being portrayed as like this conservative alt right but i i'm in a hotel right now so we've actually been watching some mainstream uh television which i never do but i've watched both sides i've watched like fox i've watched uh msnbc and it, it's pretty nauseating on all sides that's how you lose um, a security deposit I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but uh, it was really interesting because on MSNBC, that was their whole, whole talking point was that he's this crazy conspiracy theorist. This is so dangerous. We, we, we can't have this. And they're going back and forth and they're talking very like, you know, calmly as if they're authorities on the science. And it's like, crazy. He, he's just nobody in this country would ever ever believe these narratives he's i can't believe we have a presidential candidate saying these things uh, and that's basically the I, you know i find the whole thing absolutely insane about how they've captured this internet this um intellectual class of the left 
I, it's unbelievable. You know, yeah. I've been doing my podcast, Tim Fall Hat, for about seven years. And, you know, I, I just discovered this. I mean, like a long time ago, I realized there's a difference between intelligence and smart. And intelligent people have no clue how the world works. And they're they're afraid of their own shadow. And they just like it really is insane. The amount of all you have to do is label something and they just run in fear. Like he's a conspiracy theorist. How aren't you a conspiracy theorist? Like, what's it going to take for you to go? Oh, the lying liars have been lying. Maybe I shouldn't buy into everything. Uh, the labeling theory works on all of them, Sam. It works it's, on all it, of them. Isn't it crazy though that like they, they don't even have like a new playbook it's always literally the same labels you're either racist a conspiracy theorist yep. or it was russia's fault i mean yep. like yeah or you're a ross perot or you're a ross perot like we're all just waiting for like the cocaine thing in the white house which obviously the you know hockham's razor thing like the most obvious answer is staring you out in the face and you've already played a game of clue saying it was in library it was over here it was like it literally changed like five times where the cocaine was from and so it's like out today that it was cocaine bear. it was actually Russia. cocaine bear at the white house yeah Set him yes. up. But like that's going to be the next thing because it's always one of those things it's just like oh my god how can they fall for the same trick every freaking time like you said sam and it just gets to the point where it's like they have, I, I like, dude, I, I'm an old school liberal. I know some people think I'm conservative. I, I consider myself an old school liberal and like live and let live. But, you know, it's like these progressives now who like cannot come to grips with like the, the, the notion that the Koch brothers and the Bushes and all these people from the quote unquote right, which is, I think is like the super right, the secret right captured and brought in the, the the Clintons to destroy the left and they just can't come to grips with it they all have this old notion of like the, the 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 Democrats being for the little people and the Republicans being for the elites and the corporations and they just can't come to grips with like the sledgehammer that was Hillary Clinton in the 2015 election which really just blew open the notion that it's it's, it's two wings of the same decayed bird and they just can't come to grips with it and like i know com big thing comedians out here that are just i'm getting out of here these cities are are uh collapsed i'm like yeah because of policies that you've been pushing that you've yep. been gaslighting people on your yep. instagram into buying and now you're running like my whole thing is like let's just build a wall around san francisco and make all those motherfuckers have to sit there and clean up the mess that they fucking created in that world-class city Clean it up. Figure it out. Don't move somewhere else and bring your policies with you so you can destroy that area. Sit in your shit and figure it out. But no, they're all going to move everywhere else. Like That's just what they're going to do. And they have no ability to go, wow, I got it all wrong. Like a friend of mine's really like on our side now. And he's done a lot of amazing things in in um in Hollywood and he's like oh really open to everything that we talk about in terms of vaccine and he's talking to the same kind of big name comic and this big name comic was like you're listening to the loons you're listening to the loons it's like how are you not listening to the loons after all this stuff 
How are you not listening to the loons? If the loons have gotten their batting average is insanely high right now. How are you not listening? How is you being the intelligent person? And it, it, it's weird thing. And I'll, let, I'll stop yelling right here. But this weird thing about all these punk rockers from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s who are just who think like like being open-minded is listening to corporations, listening to the mainstream media and listening to the military industrial complex. Like we've had friends of ours who are anti-government, anti-military uh, industrial complex that just fully bought into the vaccinations thing. And we're like gaslighting all of us going, we're trying to save lives here. It's like, I, I don't, I just don't get it. It's insanity to me. Look what they're doing. Yeah. To Roger Waters. Sold out though. Look at yeah. the, look yeah, what they're doing to Roger so. Waters, the biggest lefty that there was probably since the seventies. Created a whole motion picture, a whole album about anti-fascism, the wall, and he dares to perform that for the past thirty years without any incident. And then all of a sudden, uh, he starts doing it in Germany, doing the same show, same music, and now he's considered a fascist. But it probably has more to do with him being outspoken about the Ukraine conflict than anything else. But now I, I, I have people in my personal life that are suggesting Roger Waters is, in fact, the fascist. <laughs> and that they want to censor his fascist speech, even though he's doing an anti-fascist play. It's like blaming Robert England for all the kids he killed in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, he's playing it. He's playing a character and people just is they're so brainwashed at this point. I don't even want you want to use the word brainwashed because that's an overused term. It just feels like they everyone's been tricked in some way to pick a side that they don't fully agree with. But if they don't choose that side, then they're, they're going to lose all their friends. They're absolutely terrified of being seen as the same kind of fascist Roger Waters is. We're supposed to believe that there are people that are our age or older that grew up with the wall that have no idea what the concept of the wall is. And it's somehow brand new that Roger Waters woke up one morning and was like, fuck it, I'm a Nazi. <laughs> I am. Now, all that shit for the last 40 years, it was a LARP. I was fooling you. I'm a sleeper Nazi for realsies. And here's what I really think. None of this would have happened, by the way, if he hadn't have been outspoken about Palestine. Sure. That's where the whole thing fighting is. Nazis. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's chaos, dude. Hey, I, I know we're getting into RFK, but I, I kind of want to uh, bring Mel K in because it's kind of crazy because Mel K just came onto my podcast and she was talking about something that it's insane. As soon as I dropped the episode, I started seeing it happen in real time. Uh, she came on, told me that that the you know the, the that the powers that be are going to be starting to drop the uh, queer theory stuff, the pushing of pride and all that stuff, and the new thing will be uh, immigration riots and stuff like that. And as soon as she dropped, as soon as we dropped the episode, bang, Starbucks, we don't want the pride stuff, bang, bang. I mean, one corporation right after another. But then I was thinking about what she was talking about with this immigration stuff. And I, I've been wanting to talk to Mel about this. But so so now I kind of started looking at her. I'm like, oh, France is going nuts with immigration. Is that going to come here? But man, Mel, I wanted to bring this up. Like, what are your thoughts on what DeSantis and Abbott has been doing by moving these? Everyone's like they're moving these immigrants all over the place. So they're like, oh, DeSantis is getting back at those Democrats. I'm like. Is he or is he moving assets right now? 
Yeah, I saw you say that, and, and that's what I think. I think that what they're doing is terrible. Uh, honestly, this is not a solution. And and what I am, what I've seen, I know Pasta and I talk a lot about National Endowment for Democracy and their color revolution playbook that they've used over and over. And what happened with me is I had on a couple guys that were down at the border. I was still in New York City. I just recently moved out. And we, you know, we have 50,000 illegals right in the middle of mid, basically they're all hanging out in Midtown all day long. They have no, nothing to do. The sad part is there's a lot of young children, uh, a lot of pregnant women and a lot of, you know, 20, you know, 24 to like 17 to 24 year old men wandering around everywhere. And uh, somebody that I know that I dealt with a long time ago when I was trying to expose de Blasio's fake thing for the homeless, Thrive New York City, sent me a text saying this is what the texts and these are the messages that the people that are in Midtown are getting. And they're getting questions and surveys saying, how has it been for you since you got to America? Do, have you, are, do you feel like you're getting what you were promised with the hashtag demand citizenship? And after I got that first one, then somebody else told me that it was happening. Then I, then somebody else told me, and from different places, these are, these are, so there's a concerted effort to use, I believe, the illegal immigrants that they're shipping around the country as a weapon. That these, that a lot of the, I'm not saying that these are bad people, though I do know that they sent a lot of people. There's 173 nations of people that have come through, but there is some kind of very manufactured. I'm, I'm sure if we figured out, I did look into it, obviously, open society, UN, our common agenda type people, but also, um, Democrats, Socialists of America, like some of these, if you look at who's, who they're coming from and whatever the NGO says, and then you look at who funds that tax? NGO. Are you talking about things. the tax? Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at the groups that are involved there, it goes back to the, all the same people that funded BLM and the same people that funded, yeah. you know, the Women's March. So yeah. it's it's a globalist uh, playbook that is playing out. And unfortunately, I do believe that like, like Pasta's talked about a million times. I talk about that it is the same people and it is a color revolution here and that Both the LGBTQ thing's failing. And, and they need this. And but we have to be smart because, like you're saying, Abbott and, and DeSantis are sending them all over the nation. Uh, Michael Yan was on my show. He showed me a map. They're going everywhere. And, and so they and they also get cell phones at the border. So, you yep. know, it's it's not it, this is not some kind of organic uprising is all I'm saying. And, and we but the people have to know about it and maybe reach out to I mean, like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that we uh, all of the people in America should be uh, on high alert and not not necessarily blame these people, but blame whoever's funding it. Somebody's Mel? funding it. Hey, Mel, yeah. if if you were going to put this plan into place over the next, I don't know, uh, seven years up to Agenda 2030, right? You could pick anybody you wanted to be the president of the United States. Why wouldn't you be picking Gavin Newsom? Yeah. To yeah. run this op. 100%. He's already shown the ability to destroy San Francisco as the mayor, then as the governor, as a part of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, destroyed that country. He's the best. What did they want to do? Build back better. Yep. Who better for the job than Gavin Newsom? He right? is an android ready to to rule. I agree. He ready is. to destroy. But also, did all of you guys happen to see that uh, Joe Biden went to meet with King Charles and they had a yes. a buzzer, a timer that they pushed for agenda to, for seven years to agenda 2030? 
Oh, really? I mean, that's the big enemy is that they the sustainable development goals. I call them the controllable development goals. The, and, the and California in, leads the way, always has catalytic converters yeah. and everything. They've always been lefty uh, greenies for, for a long, long time. It'd be easy to implement. He's got Getty money behind him. And God yep. knows what where that's <laughs> coming from or what it's being used for. He's the perfect destroyer. He's a soulless psychopath sent to gut this country with his ideas and sell it in a way that makes it sound good to people that aren't really paying attention. He's the perfect guy for this. Unfortunately, the dark money, Charlie, definitely the, the money. When you bring up the money, the dark money behind all this shit and the ESG and the way it ties into the WEF and the way it's scraping Twitter for all of our metadata right now mm-hmm. on all of our political yep. discourse, discussions, personal yep. thoughts and feelings and DMS, by the way, yep. um, mm-hmm. all in the pocket of somebody like Elon Musk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Before we move away from the immigration thing, I just was thinking there's like three different agendas at work at the same time, I feel like here. One is that those guys take like uh, very immigration dense cities and create a sort of diaspora means that they go to all these little cities that some people I know, Sam, you and I know a lot of people like move to Tennessee, move to Austin, Texas. It's very clear what they're doing. And Mm -hmm. when you have Somalians in Minneapolis and stuff, there's that's a that's an engineered culture clash and they do it on purpose. They're not going there like of their own volition. And then if it's you even called people- clever clower and piven, they've even got a name yes. for it. It's so yes. it's so used so so often that the guys branded it because they they probably get royalties. They accelerate the collapse. But another thing I think is that they do like this conflict, and what they'll do is uh, proceed to like the third agenda. So the conflict would be the second one, and the third one would be that the the solution will be a lot of compromise domestically for this to res- resolve the culture clash, national problem. But I've been expecting them to move into the era of closing down borders, shutting down information flow, shutting down transportation flow. Like that's why stuff is happening with like the FAA airline travel is basically flawless for U.S. run commercial jets like this, whatever it is, 50,000 a day or some crazy number. It's just flawless. And now they're starting to talk about, oh, it needs attention. It's getting old, blah, blah, blah. There are problems. They're going to institute like electric batteries and engines and stuff with those things you're going to start having problems on what's going to and that goes along with them wanting like zoom working 15 minute cities digital yeah 100 percent they Mm -hmm. don't they don't want you flying they've been saying that forever they don't want you flying so they want you in a 15 minute city why would they want you to get on a plane and cbdc is going to be the ultimate solution that's what they all want us on because that's how you control who travels and who doesn't that's how you control who gets food and who doesn't who gets the lights turned on all of it's going to be tied into that absolutely have all of you heard about um colonel mcgregor i know general flynn some other people up there are very uh they've been very vocal that they don't even think we're going to make it to a 2024 election That's another and, uh, thing, dude. And I worry about, and Pasta, I don't know if you can talk about this a little. I worry about the chaos that they're going to cause. I think probably late July, early August, there'll be like uh, this uprising that I, that I feel like they're setting up and that they could at that point. I'm worried because right when Biden came in, and I, I honestly, I think both sides are absolutely disgusting. They're just billion dollar conglomerates that the status quo throwing the ball back and forth. So we pretend that somebody's winning when it's us always losing. But the bottom line is that when they trigger this, I think that they're going to pull. Uh, I don't know if anyone here knows about. I bet a lot of you do. 
something that the United Nations under the worst person, Samantha Power, used called responsibility to protect. Because early on, uh, people might not know, Obama and Blinken and all of them went to the U.N., to evaluate the United States from our gun gun violence, inner city violence, systematic racism, all of that, it handed it to the UN. We've never heard back from that. So for me, I honestly do believe Americans would come together and resist this, but they've called responsibility to protect in many nations that have led to uh, Libya, every, every color revolution to have become militarized. So my thinking is if they make it crazy enough, that they can then say, well, now we need either martial law or responsibility to protect like UN troops. I, I just, I, I feel like they don't want a 2024 election no matter what. I, I just have that feeling that that's, that's... Well, they, they organized all of that, Mel, during COVID. They brought together yeah. all of the, the different coalitions, all the different little groups, whether they it did. be a, a racism and all that stuff, brought mm -hmm. it all together under the biosecurity state, nonetheless, which is what they can institute at our borders. So yeah, if we want if we want to solve a crisis at the borders, now you have to have this new ID. Right? Yeah, the the UN has announced that they they've created digital IDs and that they're tied to bank accounts. Well, think about yeah. it from their perspective. Like if you're a true a true believer, why have an election and allow an, an opportunity for Trump or another fascist to get into power. Just cancel the election. It's the safest solution. And uh, that's how they'll pitch it. It's like packing the I Supreme Court. That, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't think it's so much about canceling the election because they, they can rig it and, you know, they can take control regardless. What I think it's about is setting up false flags so that they create the riots because they'd rather have you know, everybody fighting each other and create so much chaos that then they say, okay, we have to take control here. And they'll come in with their, you know, magical solutions that are basically going to be like martial law or some variant of it, where we're all just in a, a prison, essentially. And they've already set all that up through all the FEMA camps, through all the digital tracking. So they're, they're all ready. They have all of that locked and loaded, ready to go. But that I don't think it's about canceling is what? part of it. The global passport like is yep, a real exactly. thing. Like it's global. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. at the G20 no, they talked about it. Yeah. They and all signed on to it. Everybody, Russia, Brazil, yeah. the whole nine yards, China, America. So it doesn't make a difference. BRICS nations, non-BRICS nations, they're all in when it comes to the digital passport. And oh you yeah. Know, I, I, I just kind of just following up on the, the foreign policy aspect of the whole situation we talk about what's going on in France. I think Gaddafi said this that like when he was under distress at one point, he's like, You remove me from power and things go crazy here forget about the the immigration that's going to go across the waters and and just pour into into uh you know europe and that's what the case what has been because all these wars there you are monica she got that's it right what there the book is about yeah. weapons of mass migration it talks right about that Gaddafi story yeah. yeah they're they're still doing the same thing in the global south that they did back back in the days for almost 100 years right now i'm going to be on a plane going to nicaragua in less than a week and speaking about speaking with the sandinistas who won a revolution against the contras well the contras were a cia-backed you know, uprising. And, and that's what they do. And I've talked about this all the time. And that's been so, what's so frustrating for me. You know, when you hear people like Donald Trump talk about, we're not going to let any communists and socialists and God hating people into this country. And they say all this crap right now. Nobody's ever recognizing more than anything, the biggest problem. And that's our foreign policy that they are. He we They are here because we are there. And it was one of the yeah. greatest things that this guy said. Well, at, look into the number one movie in the box office right now mm -hmm. and what kind of uh, ideas that that pushes, especially for people on the right, what buttons that can push. Uh, because with that, 
um, they can definitely convince a lot of people for radical actions at the borders if it's tied into child trafficking now. Yeah, yeah. And not, yeah, only, that, that's a not only that, but shipping children. Yeah. Putting yes, chips in children is a say. primary solution. Mm -hmm. to yeah. the, and it's very much like 2,000 mules in that regard. We're right. adding surveillance, multiplying, force multiplying the track yeah. trace database system and making sure that you get the digital information inside a freaking human being. Absolutely. Those are always the solutions. And if you can throw my freedom, my constitution, or my children under the bus in the process, you're going to get a ton of fucking right-wingers to go, okay, let's put that in the children. Just like you're getting all of these idiot left-wingers to go, okay, I guess I got to cut Bryson's pee-pee off. It's the same thing. Yeah. It, there's just, you're yeah. attacking people from different angles. It, it it also keeps the, I, the population divided too as well. Sorry, yeah. Courtney, go ahead. I just I, I, no, I just because that's what I was going to bring up too is the chipping children. But I just want to make a very clear distinction because I think some people are kind of falling into the trap of I hear this a lot that people are like, oh, that movie is a psyop. It's just designed to create all of this, you know, uh, the move basically to for people to want to chip their children. And I think we need to be very careful about not falling for that because you can be. You can celebrate the fact that this is coming to the forefront and that there is awareness for something that happens to be a very real problem. So I think when you say, oh, this whole thing was just designed as a psyop so that, that people will rush to trip their children, you kind of you minimize the fact that there is a real problem with trafficking. There is a yeah. real problem with child trafficking. And it is great that that is being brought to the forefront, that people are paying attention to that. The solution is not to then chip your children. And I think we can, we can agree that both are true. So I just I've never even heard of that. that because, I've never heard of that being, you know, I've heard a lot. I'm friends with Jim Caviezel and I've heard a lot. And I, I, I saw this movie three and a half years ago. This movie was made and they're saying it's a QAnon thing. The movie was made before any the first Q drop. So I mean I, I see the I, I never heard about the chipping thing. I've never heard that. I mean and it's, I you know uh, a there's a lot of questions about, about there's a lot of questions about the national uh missing and exploited children and Polaris project and and a lot of that which is valid and should be answered. But yeah. you know for me if you didn't see the movie I mean, for me, the biggest part of the movie that was, uh, you know, in my estimation and from what I know about Epstein Island from real people who had visited there is there's a scene in that movie that's about trafficking young children to a rich island of rich people. And all I hoped was that when people went and saw this movie, they would see that and it would click in their head. Is that what happened at Epstein Island? And maybe make them ask some questions about, you know, where did the children from Haiti go? Where, what, what is this, uh, you know, um, Clinton Island initiative that goes past Branson's Island and all of that? To me, it was more a matter of, I hope that when the movie came out, you know, I saw it a long time ago, but when the movie came out, that people would look at this and be like, well, what really did happen on Epstein Island and what is happening on all these islands? And there's a big problem in the world that I've dealt with a lot on my show, which is sex, sex tourism, where it's to, it's, there's a, there's a pedophile sex tourism industry, which is exposed in that. So my own thoughts on it, having known the people involved, not all of them, I, I only know the actor and a couple of the other people, but I can tell you that that just from my point of view, all I thought in my head 
was I hope people look at this and a question what really happened on Epstein Island and to the kids of Haiti and and to what are the Clintons doing all over the world and these these orphanages that Madonna and Oprah and all them are setting up and then you hear horror stories later like what are they doing and and uh, you know so I just hope it's it's at least no matter what it is I hope that anyone that sees it starts to demand some answers and for me I was hoping that it would trigger people to put Epstein Island together with what happens in that movie. I think people are always looking for the trapdoors, though, too, as well, right? How are they going to take this and spin this off and make this? I still wonder what's happening to the Haitian children every day. I thought that yeah. Pizzagate was nothing more than a distraction to get people turning their heads away from what's really happening to these kids in Haiti that are disappearing. You know, right. they kind of use the same characters to use that. And, you know, even with the situation, you know, with the movie and, and when, he was talk, when Steve was talking about 2,000 Mules, maybe that wasn't the initial attentions, but it seems like they're always trying to move you or push you somewhere else no matter what whether they're trying to get ahead of something or they're using it but you know I, i'm always watching for the trap doors myself too as well yeah 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 you know i mean i just really hope that people uh I, you know whatever the case may be it's a terrible topic a lot of people here i know charlie and other people have talked to uh kathy o'brien too you know i would i would very and we're talking about working on uh mark and kathy's story because uh, a big bigger picture here and i i do hope people look at polaris project and these other things yeah. connected to cps because uh this yeah. this wasn't about what's going maximus on in america inc. maximus inc Right. I mean, it's a whole yeah. bunch of, of uh, you know, as Charlie would call it, tentacles to it. But there's a real problem in America. And and yeah. a lot of it is tied to law enforcement and CPS and foster care. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me to tell their stories. It's horrific. And Kathy and I have so I mean, Kathy has gotten thousands of emails since this movie came out from people that are traumatized because they never healed from being trafficked. And this movie and because it's being used as a political football uh, a lot of the people on the right are using it like, see, we're the good guys. You know, we're supporting this. And and that that's that's not good at all. And well, then the it ties side, into the family like, courts, too. It ties right, into family courts, like especially. It's a QAnon conspiracy, and then it's not. But then there are a lot of people out there who were trafficked. And not just, there's not just child sex trafficking. A lot of people that are strippers and hookers, they're not there willingly, or they didn't start there willingly. And then when they get out, it's years and years of this. So there's been a... Because it's it's being used as a political football, and I think it's very damaging to to people that actually live through this and are trying to heal, and seeing it being used as like a like we're the good guys, we're supporting this film, and you're the bad guys, and it's just so stupid. Sad. Is the story of Nancy Schaefer does that come up in any of this? No, she but it a, should. Somebody should make a movie story. about her. Yeah, she was a Georgia lawmaker, Hero. and sh she totally clued into this and uh, the CPS thing, and. She she said they were literally picking children to have them taken away from their parents right. because yeah. they liked them particularly. Yeah. Like There's I think Dick Cheney does with teenage hearts. He's like, oh, I like that guy. I want, <laughs> I want that heart. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know that for sure. But she said this really happened in the Clinton era. And she was uh, murder-suicided with her husband, which was like completely preposterous for this chick with like loving grandchildren and whatever and yeah. yeah i mean it definitely still goes down yeah nancy schaefer was a hero oh my god because this is because i'm really really good friends with kathy o'brien and people can think with i a hundred percent believe everything i've been to her house i've been through her stuff I've been, like, yeah She's I've been to her deal. house too. I, but yeah, I, I am telling you right now that there is a real problem and it's yeah. deep in America and it is not a conspiracy theory. And the Clintons turned CPS and foster care into a business. 
So, you know, I just, I just, I don't want want to be deluded. I hope Catherine O'Brien, Kathy O'Brien is, I'm sorry. She's an MK ultra survivor. There was a, uh, she's written a cop, at least a cup, three or four excellent books. There was a film that was done about her trying to disclose what it was done I'm going to write that down. Um, I'm I'm like, thank you. Stuff. Three or young conspiracy pill, red pill person. So I'm like, she's wait a minute. Yeah, she, she is rebel abs- for a cause. If you want to see her speak live, uh, absolutely Kathy amazing. Woman. If I, if, but wait, I mean, how? What's the best way to like learn about her? Because obviously, you send me. You can send me. Uh, I'll, if you want to get in touch with her, but she has a website, Trans Formation. Her books are. Um, the, the, the book that really dives into is not the transformation is her first book, but the book that really goes access into denied. Yes, and stuff is access, access denied. denied, yeah. of access denied is the name of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was interviewed on the higher side chats, which is always usually good overview an hour or two where he like highly edits. So you get the whole story. doesn't waste any time. So she was interviewed yeah. on that. I think last right, year. Listen, yeah. While we're I talking just, about another young lady here and being the progressive voice and for equity and for everybody to have an opportunity, Miss Susie Olson Corgan has not spoken on this whole thing. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing. Can I say something really, really quickly before you guys move on? Uh, just uh, on that, just because uh, Mel, you were bringing up uh, the child protective services, and uh, they, you know, a lot of these things get modeled before they get moved to the United States. And I'm blanking. I'm drawing a total blank, but I actually interviewed somebody who was trafficked from the United States to the UK. Um, and they have a very similar organization there. And I'm completely blanking on the name, but it is like the equivalent of the uh, Child Protective Services. However, there, uh, like it's a federal kind of, uh, you know, like immigration tied uh, entity. And she like was re-trafficked through that organization. So I, I think that they, you know, they've replicated this throughout the world, but I think they work together, which is kind of not really all that surprising. But I just wanted to bring that up before we move on to other topics, because I think that that's relevant, that this really is a globally coordinated problem. You know, I think it's uh, the United States happens to be the largest uh, business of the trafficking, um, but it's a globally coordinated problem. Well, and it's I was brought to us by the family court system. Brought to us by the family court system. Uh, shout out to my friend Lisa Blanger for teaching me that. Yeah, I was just going to say along the same lines, I don't know how involved you guys are legislatively throughout the country, but that's my thing that I've been doing for the last about 15 years. And we've had legislation during COVID. They created the Western States Pact. So it's Newsom, Kate Brown in Oregon, and Jay Inslee in Washington State. And Inslee's top donor is Bill Gates. They passed um, legislation that allowed for there to be monitoring with street cameras saying that it was only for violent criminals. You know, they do all the same stuff. But back in May of this year, our governor signed into law a piece of legislation, Senate Bill 5599, that allows kids that have any kind of gender confusion or aren't having gender affirmation care at home to go to any shelter. And those shelters do not have to report it to the parents. This law is going into effect in 13 days in this state. So these children then will get taken by CPS or put in other foster homes and their parents can, the information will be withheld from those parents if they believe that there are irreconcilable differences between 10-year-old boys that believe that they're supposed to be girls or vice versa 
and the parents have no right to know where their children are going. So you're talking about the sex trafficking being global, but it is, it is right in our backyard and it is just going to get that much worse. We are one of 15 states working to pass legislation like this. Unfortunately, Washington gets to be the flagship state once again with the Western states here, but I didn't just mean it's global. I mean, it's globally coordinated. Like they work together. I want to ask you something. Did you, do you know who's funding this? Who who is behind? Have you found who who is who? This is so twisted and sick, and it's all over the country. Do you have you found where it's really coming from? Because somebody is funding this on a massive scale. We can. And what's defined as a shelter in the law? Is it a panel van? Can that be a shelter? I can only say so much right now, but I'll say with this bill in particular, it was a Western states coordination, and that goes into Colorado and Nevada as well as they joined the pact during COVID. So there is an underlying current going between these states with our governor Inslee specifically and with Bill Gates and that foundation. They're tied into Act Blue. You guys also have to remember that we're the place that had the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, Chaz, that was shut down. Um, I went there in a heels and a dress and reported live from the street. It was nothing like we were being told it was. Um, the warlord, quote unquote, of that was talking to our fire chief. The city council people were allowing them into our buildings. Like nothing was as it seemed. So it was another place like San Francisco that was completely destroyed, but it was all part of a greater agenda, creating the chaos to divide and conquer us. And they did a fantastic job. Well, I mean, you can look at everybody that hangs out and is part of the Aspen Institute and make a direct line for all of those people in the Western States pack, where their money comes from, who they're influenced by, who they all read, all of the conferences they go to. It doesn't surprise me in the least that Colorado's included in that. Speaking of that, I was glad that none of you were at the uh, Idaho Festival this weekend in Sun Valley. I don't know if you guys know about that one. It's similar to the uh, Aspen Institute, but this one is when the media gets together every year and decides what the narrative is that they will all follow. Uh, people should look into who's at that meeting this week. It's it's all the good club members and uh, and more. And I guess Jeffrey Katzenberg will be running Biden's campaign. So uh, get ready for a total uh, woke blitz of a uh, Hollywood great. Uh, what's that today, called? I think what? what what was that meeting called? It's called the Sun. I think it's called the Sun Valley Institute meeting, mm-hmm. and it's um and it's hosted, I believe, by Reed Hastings and, and a bunch of other usual suspects. But it's like it's like the Aspen Institute on Aspen Ideas Festival and steroids. But here, the real power play people go. So Warren Buffett's there, Zuckerberg, um, Reed Hastings, obviously Peter Thiel, and again. We have to all realize that they're globalists. They're not left or right. They're done with America, as far as I can see. And uh, and the truth is, they run in packs and they don't hide. You know, it's just us that <laughs> sit there and say, "Oh, look, they just were at the Aspen Ideas Festival where I did a thing with Mickey Willis to try to uh, disrupt it." And then now they're in Idaho, the same people. But now it's the bosses are there. Uh, all the guys from Netflix, all the guys from Apple, all the guys from. Uh, it's basically everyone that runs Hollywood is there coming up with, okay, what's the narrative for the next 15 months? They do it every year. It's, it's not new and it's the same. It's, you know, it's, it's, they mock us. Like Charlie, your book is, is not new, but it's the same. <laughs> they, yeah. they just go. I mean, that's why I was saying even on Sam's show, I was like, we have to start really making fun of these people and, and, and mocking them and how, how arrogant and disgusting and elitist they are. And there's such a small group of them and they're always together and it's always the same people. And yet we sit here and we point at them and say, look at them. And it's like, and they don't, 
they don't miss a beat. No. <laughs> they keep going. The funny thinking. way was you were just mentioning too as well, like the way they're done with us over here in the United States. Really, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't anybody find it funny the way the CFR, the people from the CFR, were actually talking to Lazarov in April? Like they were having a conversation like people, your government doesn't make any decisions for you. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck exactly. Schumer don't make decisions. The no. real bosses were going to talk to Lavrov in April yeah. to try to end this fucking war to find an off ramp for them so they can move over to uh, Taiwan. And what I also believe is make Kiev start the blueprint for that 15 minute cities. You know, the, the real now they're going to try it for real. With the QR codes and everything else. They've already got Monsanto and Nestle there. BlackRock is knocking on the door. Let's go, baby. Let's get it started. It They did promise to build it back better, Pasta. <laughs> Susie, I'm thinking when you say, like, Gates obviously is funding the governor there. <clears throat> the, I was trying to figure out why the trans stuff, they're so focused on, or like transgender surgery specifically, they're so focused on adolescents and disconnecting parents. And um, I had an occasion to be in a children's hospital and I happened to meet some people who were the doctors for what they call gender affirmation surgery. And I like didn't even really know what that meant. And I kind of thought it was the opposite. I was like, oh, that's so nice that they're like affirming people's gender. But of course it's like an inversion. <clears throat> but they were super, super, super nice. And I was thinking that's when it kind of it clicked to me that I was like, you know, they they really I don't think they could talk a, enough adults into doing this. Or maybe it's because it's developmentally that it's really like primarily maybe everybody already thinks this, but like 95 percent just pure eugenics experimentation, like Nazi style, just to see what happens when you do this to a body. Like, do you have any insight, Courtney? Susan, uh, do you get that? I Well, I think there's a lot of things going on. I think one is they're creating like a lifelong client for Big Pharma, right? These people are going to be on drugs for the rest of their life. Um, yes, they're I creating think a new demographic to sell drugs to, 100%. And you have to stay on the grid. There's no exactly. getting off the grid. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no doubt. And I think that You'll do anything to stay on it. <laughs> Exactly. And I think, of course, it's, you know, part of the depopulation agenda because these people can't procreate. Right. So there's a huge part of that. Um, but I also think it's a it's a, a a way to transition, pun intended, to the transhumanism, because right. you're now you're blurring the lines of what it means to be human. And if you even just think of it about it, like mimetically, they rarely say like transgender transsexual right they they say trans and the same thing so trans transhuman trans and i i do th think there is this uh fluidity and it's also now like so you can you can merge with whatever right because you don't have a a defined sense of what it is to be human so why not have chimeric beings whether it be merging with machine you can procreate with animals you can you know you can be a minor attractive person it doesn't doesn't matter there's there's no because there's no boundaries and i think it that's eliminates the importance of, of the family oh it eliminates yeah. the yeah, importance of the family get, breaks well, down the entire structure the of agendas. society yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking that like they are in the phase of experimentation where they have to actually see what happens when you take human subjects and change their hormonal, just see how it actually happens over time. And even whether it's just for because adolescents are the prime age for it or they just can't get anyone to consent. So they have to get minors and separate them from their guardians in order to get the subjects that they need and act like they're doing them a favor, just like super just, yes, they become statists. That's what yeah. happens to the test yeah. subjects when you, in the captive audience. Stabilize, 
an entire generation. When you disconnect from your family, you wind up often making different associations. And the logical one is to attach to the state. And they know that. It's not like some. Because what else is important besides your job or your whatever else that you can be for the system if you don't have a family that matters? Right. And and well, we'll be your family think- now. We start to hear this getting normalized by these lunatics on MSNBC that are saying, you know, we need to get away from the idea of children belonging to individual parents. They belong to the community. You go, whoa, oh. that's some real commie bullshit right there. But, so, well, they already a, destroyed self ownership in the yeah. past few years. <laughs> I think yeah. that 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 that's all definitely true. But I I kind of think that that's actually part of their old paradigm. They're moving into where the state is going to be the high Borg mind. That's really where they want to go with this. So now I think all this beta testing, yes, they've now pulled these children away from their families, but they've also really dehumanized them. Most of these, I mean, the the, the statistics showed something like 99% of them regret it and are, to the extent where they're suicidal. Yeah, oh, the numbers are staggering for suicide yeah. rates for people. Yeah, that they say are, it's because because of haters. It's like yeah. why? Why? Well, what's the evidence of that? They they they, well, they yeah. use the bullshit tactic of saying if you don't allow them to transition, they're going to kill themselves, and right. so they use that emotional blackmail on the parents, and the parents are like. <laughs> It's well, I so obviously ridiculous. don't want that to happen. So what, what are our options here? I you think know? they and target it's- suicidal people telling them that this is the answer. 100%. Yeah. And then, they, you exactly. know, I watch a pharmaceutical company, a pharmaceutical commercial that's for like headaches. And one of the side effects is suicidal thoughts. But yet they like you're changing your hormone balance and you don't think something's going on. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. It, there's so many different factors that go into this high suicide rate the lifestyle drug abuse past abuse all this stuff but and we've actually the craziest part of this whole cultural marxism movement is they have been blessed enough to get about 10 years of their like their policies put into action and we've seen They've had horrible effects. They've they've failed miserably. So, like, they're blaming on every. Hey, man, you've had every chance to implement what you want to do, and it does not work. Everything you've told us is a bullshit lie. And this whole and notion that people are killing people. themselves because because of society is the most ridiculous thing. And the last thing I gotta say before I go is, what 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 this movement has done is tried to make outlaw shit mainstream meaning that these things that outlaws used to do because it's the only thing they could do to make money they really couldn't do anything else i mean you just see it in the past whether it's drug dealing or pornography or uh punk rock stuff or what and even trans you listen to old drag queens are like you guys don't understand like why we did what we did they're trying to make it so that everybody tries to and you can't live that life they live that life because it's the only thing they could do it's the only way they could they were built for it and now you see like with this only fan stuff these g- women who would like normally have normal jobs are doing only fans are realizing that pornography brings a certain kind of energy and they and people react to you in a certain kind of way but that was all part of it as well like this giant movement between feminism 
and OnlyFans to get high-value women out of the dating pool of high-value men and having children with high-value men. Now it's all about you're doing this low-frequency bullshit or you're not trying to have kids at all, and all those genes get taken out of the gene pool, and it's a, having a long effect on all of us. Great show yeah. today. I love you all very it's much. Corporatism. Corporatism, Sam. Yep. That's Bye, what I would call everybody. it. I love you. Thank, Thank you. you for Bye. being a part of this. I saw somebody say that OnlyFans was just begging with your tits out, and I had a real hard time arguing <laughs> that one. I really did. You know, I, I know. think TikTok is uh, is like porn for girls, but it's the inverse porn because girls want to like. Well, it's like it's, it's like Hooters. It's like being the yeah. object, not the subject. But that's how they get them to engage like that. It's triggers the same thing, but it's just Hooters that. girls get to keep their clothes on. They're they're strippers who lack the commitment and the follow through of actually whipping their tits out. So they go to work for a Hooter. It's the same thing with TikTok. They just haven't graduated to the they haven't met, you know, the they the haven't met the right mess the or coke best dealer thing to a yet. set of, you know. <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. You know my story. That we had no reservations on Mother's Day one year. We moved to Atlanta that year, and I was like, "Where is there not going to be a line?" <laughs> Hooters. So we went to Hooters, and I'll tell you, <laughs> my kids were like, "the The ladies are so nice here." I'm like, "That's actually genius." I would have never. It was genius. It <laughs> That's was. That's a lovely so shade of orange. They were so nice to me, and I got so many balloons. <laughs> Conversely, I my friend Sugar was telling me that she's never seen a strip club more packed as it was on Father's Day. Father's Day is the day. I've never understood spectator sports at all. Like I just I, don't get them. I don't. I don't. There, there's no real value in me for test driving a car. There really isn't. I'm. I'm definitely not going to buy You're the being car. Being the passenger in the car while someone else test drives, like it's not. Yeah, right. I, <laughs> it's an automated. Mm, it's like the mm, pole is driving. Eh. Motley Crue made strip clubs cool, but strip clubs aren't very cool. I'll just say that. Well, neither is Motley Crue. If you get right down to it, sorry, sorry, but I'm not. I'm not. You know. On another note, Courtney, I got to say that. Bouncing off my leftist friends saying, you know, the truth of community believes that transgenderism is a step to transhumanism. And they're like, no, it's just it makes for great conversation. I wish you were around there as we're bringing these things up, you know, in Latin. I America. never understood that. I would love that. that. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I thought that it was when Courtney or other people would say that, that it was just a, a psychological thing, a, a linguistic thing. But then when I kind of. Just the the light bulb went off about how they are literally looking at how hormones affect you. And by the way, like people who have PMDD or really hardcore PMS will tell you like hormones can make you suicidal, yeah. basically like that. It, it would it's just a crazy thing to do. So they're so, so powerful that obviously that is going to be the um, it's going to make that rate go up. But I feel like they are at that stage where like when you read those eugenics Nazi stuff, they just like take a bunch of people in different groups and do fucked up shit to them. Like they just yeah. don't even, you know, it's not even necessarily rhyme or reason. It's like, what would you, ha what would happen if you put like an agonist sperm of a monkey in a human? Like, let's just see. I mean, that's what they do. I when think. You yeah, it is well, what they do. When solution you talk is being, to people. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, when you talk to people who have like been through uh, MK Ultra or who, you know, are the the children of MK Ultra survivors? They will tell you. So the narrative that they sold people in order to, you know, garner the acquiescence for, you know, like 
justifying this is essentially that, you know, these people are so far gone, either psychologically or physically, that, you know, doing a little experimenting on them is really justified. But the truth of the matter, when you talk to these people, is someone will go in with, like, the really benign thing, like a headache, like trigeminal nerve, uh, like a moment of, you know, really like a, like, depression, but something that was like a consequential depression, you know, really like a circumstantial, not not necessarily like clinical. Grief. Right, right, exactly. And so these people would go in for something very, you know, relatively benign, and they would put them through these. I mean, when you look at what they did in these studies, it's inhumane. I mean, it is just, it, it, it's so unfathomable that you would do these experiments even on somebody who you thought was like hopeless and far gone. But most of these people weren't. They had very like temporary, recoverable, treatable short-term conditions and they were permanently damaged for life as a result. I have another theory. And I mean with my work in journalism, oh, the the um you know the whole point of journal well not the whole point, but one of the tenets of journalism is to examine conflicts of interests and, and motivations. And I think so often when we see what's going on with big pharma and everything, we're like, oh, it's, you know, follow the money, follow the money. But that anymore seems too simplistic because big pharma, I mean, my gosh, how much money would they possibly need more than they already have at this point? They're the only people that, you know, made money during the pandemic over and above, like, well, other businesses were failing. So it's like, I like that we're touching upon these other motivations because there's got to be more to it. But then there's other things that are like counterintuitive. If, if, you know, part of the motivation is to reduce population and that's why we push abortion, you know, then why at the same time are we pushing, you know, they just, I just saw an article today that now they want to make it so, um, uh, couple equity or whatever so that met, you know, with regular couples, we'll say, um, they can get through their insurance, um, sometimes IVF treatments. Well, now they want to make it so same sex, same sex couples can, um, have facilitated to have their employers, um, basically have the IVF treatments paid for. So that's like something that would bring life. And so sometimes it gets all confusing about like the true motivation other than what you were saying, Courtney and Monica is just, they just want to experiment. <laughs> like, I mean, cause well, it's like, I'm lost. Well, look to the long like, term too. Like where are we going to be in yeah. 20 years whenever like all of the hormones that people piot into our water are going into everyone's body. <laughs> Yeah. Can I can I say something that's a little different than Courtney and everyone else? I just I'm just throwing this out there, and uh, I, I I've talked to I, I try to talk to a lot of people that came out of communist countries, and I've had a couple people on in their 70s and 80s who were in communist China when Mao took over, and what they talk about seems to be that uh, it's a it's a bigger picture than what what any of this is saying, and and I've I've gone down all these holes too myself, but. I say a lot of times, especially in my speeches, that we talk a lot about the the evil in the concentration camps and the experiments and what they did and all of this transgender stuff and all of this went on in the Weimar Republic. It went on in, in Nazi Germany. It went on in Mao's China. This this mm-hmm. you know this uh, disgusting underbelly of this transgender movement, but. I always say we talk a lot about the victims of the Holocaust. We really talk about the millions of people who worked in those camps. 
and who did those those experiments and the Eichmanns, the the people that were so damaged that they had no conscience to do these crimes and that they there were millions of people that worked in these camps. Uh, you know, so what you what I, I I've been coming and, and thinking maybe and I've talked about quite a bit is are they getting these children, if you know a lot about MK Ultra, are they getting these children as young as possible, convincing them that God made a mistake with their body or their gender or their or their color? And and they are therefore, you know, the, and then their parents went along with it. But you know who loves them? The state, like Chairman Mao, like somebody else. And that I don't know if you guys know, when Eichmann finally was put to death, he said that he was proud of what he did and that he was a good soldier and that he honored his Fuhrer and his flag. So I don't know if they are raising generations of children to be so dependent on the state that they also have no conscience when it comes to getting rid of any enemies of the state. So that's yeah. something I've thought I, about I, quite a bit. I would agree with you. I think both are at play. I mean, I think they absolutely have an agenda. So, uh, Christy, like when you're talking about the, these, the other end where they create life, right? There's like the ectopods. Right. And the part of what they I'm like, they can't make up their minds. It's not they can't yeah. make up their mind. They're not hypocrites. They they spew whatever narrative serves their their end goal. Right. So they, they're saying that these ectopods are to solve the uh, the underpopulation problem. <laughs> because, you know, we were overpopulated before, but now we're underpopulated. And so we now we can have these artificial. And by the way, when they're in the ectopods, they're considered a baby. It's considered a life. When it's in the mother's womb, that's just a clump of cells. But when it's in an ectopod, then it's a life. I think so oh, far away. I mean, that's so well, far away. I'm talking so about the actual away, though, kids right now really, that are being taught. But yeah. I'm just saying, Courtney, for one second, I'm talking about kids that are being taught that they were a mistake, that, that wait, they wait. were a mistake and their parents betrayed them and God betrayed them. But the state and the and the national the teachers union and the schools and Planned Parenthood love them. Those are the I kids understand. I'm worried about. No, I get it. I understand what you're saying. I think they're connected. I'm not. I'm not saying. I don't actually think they're so far away. I think one is a trajectory they've already. It's a. Uh, I hate to use say tried and true, but I think that that they've already created those. They know how to take those. They're dependent. They can mold them, shape them, and use them as assets. Literally as assets. We have doc like countless documentation of how they've done so in, you know, just as you pointed out, in Mao, in Nazi Germany. This goes way even earlier than that. They've done this throughout history. So I absolutely think that that is very true. But I think now what they're creating is that this new generation, they're trying, they're merging it. That's why I keep bringing up the transhuman element, because they have done this where they, and they don't need to do it through transhumanism. They can absolutely do it through uh, just these methods of trauma-induced uh, mind control. They can do it by, you know, traumatizing them, separating them from their parents and creating this uh, dependency that, that where they're, and the, and like you said, where they're, they're completely demoralized to the point where they have no conscience, no uh, sense of morality. And of course, they're completely destabilized and become dependent upon the state and will follow you know, wh whoever guides them. And in this case, in those cases, it, it will be the state. But I think now they're moving in a direction where they're actually creating these artificial life. And I think that's part of why they're willing to do things like support these, uh, you know, same sex couples or these, uh, infertility cases, you know, these, uh, uh, untraditional, not traditional type families 
uh, because they're experimenting with how they can create this artificial life, which I think does move into the direction of the transhuman type of life that they think they they will control through a high Borg mind. I think they literally think that. You've all know Harari says it all the time, you know, and he's not the only one, but he's you know the loudest about it. So I, Mel, I absolutely agree with you. I think what you're saying is absolutely valid. I just think that now they're starting to experiment with the technological. Uh, implications and how they can use the technology to enhance what they've already done. So the the connection and the overlap is the replacement of the population. Yes, there's absolutely a depopulation agenda in effect, and yes, absolutely, they are encouraging people to that they've already altered or captured and controlled to artificially regenerate a that portion of the population what you're doing is you're eliminating all of the people with critical thinking skills you're eliminating all of the people who wanted to push back against any of this and you are it's you voluntary eugenics by trauma brainwashing by propaganda and it's the I the act of getting rid of whatever you know dominant minded or i don't know the oppositionally minded amongst your chosen population that you want to control at any given moment if all you have are build a babies from a bunch of broken the incapable of actual human reproduction on their own we fell into the marketing of our worst possible narcissistic neurotic you know neuroses the the then you're going to have a generation and generations of nothing but build a babies that are born to worship the state that don't have any connection with their biological parents in the first place because they were born a damn ectopod so what relationship do they have with them at all? And you've got a completely compliant, controllable population in perpetuity. Yep. Well, we're being ruled by stakeholders and human beings are just a market that they manipulate. Exactly. That's how they look at it. And I do. I think the IVF is pretty experimental in a way also because maybe it's better now, but I have a 20 year old who has Down syndrome so when he was a baby, I would, and even now, like I know a lot of people who have special needs kids, but especially when he was a baby, a disproportionate amount of people uh, had done IVF. And I, and I remember saying like, you don't notice this, like this is really like kids who are really messed up, born like very premature because they have double births and stuff, which are not, you know, from people who were naturally had twins in their families and stuff. And they said, oh, it's just because older people get IVF. And they, and I looked up the stats and it's way higher in. Um, so like the, your argument, Christy, about the cat, about, um, <clears throat> on the one hand, you know, wanting abortion population control and on the other hand doing that. I, I always thought this was interesting. The Catholic church does not allow abortion, obviously, but they also don't allow IVF because it is kind of experimental and dangerous and unnatural. So I would say that they are, uh, again, doing this mass experimentation, but they are getting people's consent for it because yes. it is people who are desperate. And and yes, age has something to do with it. Women continuing to work later definitely contributes to lower fertility. I think men too, maybe starting later, but I think there's, there's like a whole nother layer of follow well, the money or what are people into. 
that it's all from the same companies that are putting their forever chemicals and everything that we're consuming right now. It's the same damn companies. It's the same Ouroboros eating itself, right? Yep, absolutely. They're in everything. And I mean, wasn't it even the the CDC who was talking about how they were going to put like endocrine disrupting uh, like chemicals into the water? Like, I mean, there's documentation that they've, they've admitted this. And so then they, they come out with their, their their solution, which is the IVF, which then further uh, advances their goals because now they can experiment. And, uh, you know, then it, the cycle just continues. But, yeah. And they'll do it for equity. <laughs> Any ideas on what we're going to do to save ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> to save ourselves from the demons? Yeah, we're going to have the uh, Union Unwanted uh, bunker that we're all going to go to so we can all survive this group right here. <laughs> Break away from the state as much yeah. as you can. Mentally, physically, <laughs> monetarily. Uh, the money's definitely the head of the snake. Shout out to my friend Angry Tiger. But yeah, that's that's the number one. What can you do to get outside of our current monetary system? Because that's going to be the ultimate controller that's used against us in the future. I don't care what kind of dystopian future we're talking about. How long do you think we have until they uh, they flip the switch on the old uh, Central w- Bank? They hit the timer the on the Gazenja 2030, didn't they? Wasn't the that you? Prince didn't you Charles tell us? You yeah. told us. You no, didn't need to ask the question. You already told everybody. When they were going to. Oh, yeah, they have a. They have a that's right. They have a clock. I forgot. I still think, yeah. it's, I still think <laughs> it's going to be difficult to implement the, the digital uh currency across the board the way they envision it with like real-time manipulation we still have to we still have the physical dollar that is all across the world it's the only thing that really keeps america where it's at they have to get people to buy in voluntarily initially to the the digital currency so they're gonna have to create incentives incentives for people so you'll probably see like a chase uh or other big banks uh transfer over some of your funds to the new digital dollar and we'll give you like a 10% increase of yeah. the value. Uh, so they're going to have a to have a pilot program already. Yeah. Well, and it's, it Wells it's, Fargo, it's also why your it's also why your branches right. disappearing. Your brick and mortar branches are disappearing across the country in waves. They're so still, people aren't going to be dealing in cash. They're they just making really it are, but out still, of I, I still think there, service, there's an service. opportunity for a lawsuit uh, to challenge this, uh, because then what function is the the treasury at that point? Um, so there could be some constitutional violations and a chance for a lawsuit to stop it, at least here in America, because uh, I know we have, through the Federal Reserve Charter, basically given over that par- power to private banking, but the, the treasury still has a lot of power to then exchange bonds for the receipt of some physical tangible dollars. So that's, I think there's a, a huge opportunity for a lawsuit. They're just implementing. Well, they were it. able to assert something that was unconstitutional for what, a hundred years now. So I think they have a pretty good track record of asserting themselves whenever it comes to, you know, just injecting a new form of currency into a and culture. Also, but right, and also who we find the lawsuit with. Clearly the Department of Justice does not care. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, nobody's working for us at this point. Well, you know, there's, I mean there's an interesting story that just broke today, which is that the BRICS nations have decided that they're going to go with a gold backed currency. 
They've been and, that. yeah, and that there are, there's a waiting list to join the BRICS as well. So now you're starting to talk about a real competitor to the dollar, or yeah. is this the uh, is this what they use as the justification to get you out of a dollar and into a digital dollar yeah, as a as a sort of like oh no we've done fucked up the dollar and it's losing yeah. all its value. I wonder what you're you know jump into this digital option. So I think well, that's probably this- why the gold and silver markets have been acting crazy lately and not making much sense is because they're probably being manipulated to set up that very change that you spoke of. They've been manipulated and found guilty in courts of law for rigging all of these marketplaces over the years. So it is, it's not even a, it's not even a question of whether or not they're rigging the silver and gold markets. They've been found guilty of it and paid massive fines. The banks have, so it's definitely being rigged. It's just how much longer can you do it? Octopi. Well, I remember I read a story a couple of years ago that the, the Federal Reserve of New York uh, couldn't account for all the gold that on the books should technically be there. I think Germany was asking for some of their gold back and they couldn't find it all. So, well, it's, I guess it's good that BRICS has a gold back currency. Uh, I like to see their gold. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you saw recently that Russia had success with backing the ruble with gold, sure. 5,000 rubles to a gram of gold. And that buoyed their their ruble and allowed them to have stability and uh, belief in it. So it, you know, listen, I'm against fiat currencies. Uh, I mean, clearly I wrote a book with Berwick. So like we're not, I'm not into the U S dollar, but um, if you're going to back it with gold, we're at least going in the correct direction. Now I'm, I'm, I'm as paranoid as anybody. So I'm going to need to see that gold as well. But, but, but in, in the, in theory, Russia and these groups, they mine a lot of gold and they don't necessarily always account for it on the open market as to how much of it they're keeping for themselves. So who knows how much has been collected over the years uh, in, in these places. And don't forget, China's got relationships in Africa and all the gold there. So like it, they're quite they they've been as far as I'm concerned they were planning this for years the yeah. BRICS nations looking at that going we need to load up like on the down low and get as much of this gold as we can then we do a currency backed by it and we say fuck the dollar how is everything is was killed for that shit is Gaddafi was killed for that is China oh, yeah. all the rare earth minerals all the rare earth minerals in Africa too that China has their hands on now which will be For used sure. to create all of the 5G 10G and 20G tech that will control our little 15 minute cities Does anybody know uh, on here that's smarter than me what what happens if if say this uh cuz it looks like the Shanghai uh exchange is also now wants to get involved with BRICS and they're all the same like F, F America and the UK right now, and the NATO, you know, the five the dollar could group. get downgraded. Yeah. And what, yeah, could get downgraded, yeah. what would it look like? <laughs> uh, uh, rampant inflation, the dollars being hope you have more, a garden more worthless than they already are. I mean, this is effectively Fuel. this is what what has happened to countries all over the world normally Weimar when they Republic. of the United States. But yes, the Weimar Republic as well. The South post reconstruction. 
Go ahead, Monica. Yeah, could just be you more. can't trade then. So what yeah. happens is all the dollars come back and you can live within, but you can't trade. So that actually dovetails with a question I wanted to pose to the group also, which is I've always thought of like the, you know, one world government, new world order, whatever, as kind of really at a, at the highest level colluding totally. And that may even still be true, whether or not my question is yes or no, if your answer is yes or no, but is it? Is it becoming like an again a polarized world? So that I've always thought this with oil and fossil fuels. I'm thinking, what if the climate thing is all about the fact that the West tried so hard to monopolize oil and was not able to do it? So I really think they took the czar out for that reason because he was going to be like a husband that resource, and the communists were not. And now that the communists are gone and they have like a new czar, basically, let's say in my theory, my thought experiment. So now, but if you fold gold into that, they, then the West, okay, they are absolutely never going to be able to dominate the oil and gold people. So maybe they want to polarize the world so that at least they get their half. Well, Monica, competition is driven by people that are manipulating others. Like the competition between nations and these currencies. I mean, if you, if you look into the IMF, and the loans that it's given out uh, to all the countries that we've what bombed to pieces over the past 20, 30 years, and all the ones that have been driven into shit through uh, just economic manipulation between giant trade deals between us and other people, which we reinforce with our military industrial complex, if not for itself. It, it all feeds, it. every industry feeds one another from the biosecurity state to uh, the nanny state to everything down to, uh, you know, going back to just the introduction of our, our current currency when it was done and how it was done. Like we've, we've never really recaptured our ability to control our destiny because if somebody owns your property, if somebody owns your time, the reason why people are, don't have time nowadays to even keep up with what we're talking about on this show, I, I hope they get a chance to but it's because somebody controls their time through the currency and what its value is and how long you have to work, how long you have to slave away to do something that gives you some sort of life. And then what do you have left after that time was? You, you have to ap appreciate the audacity of the scam, quite frankly. You know, I mean, Jesus, they really swing for the fences. I mean, everything, the everything that comes out of my check goes to somebody that fucking hates me and wants to manipulate me. And it's, there's nothing that I can really do about it. If I become a tax protester, I could be the next Gordon Call, according to my friend Ken Silva. Like, yeah. there's just, there, there's tons of different ways. But if we, are we all going to stop paying taxes? Are we all going to have a giant protest for a day while we take off of work? What happens the day after? You know, what's the long-term solution to that type of disruption in the system? And do we have any ability right now to uh, collect and, and take over this current state and move it over to a parallel society? Hell no. We have to restart the whole thing. We have to restart it and restart it locally. I would suggest that the, if you want to find out where your community is at, look up how many farmers markets you have within a 10-mile radius. You know, and, and if it's not four, something like that, you might be kind of hosed. You might be. You you should you should ab absolutely 
you should absolutely try to do it. Those are the can. real food deserts, Steve. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I mean, yes, you're absolutely correct. And people have the ability to grow some of their own food, no matter where you're at. You can at least do microgreens all freaking day long, uh, at the, if nothing else, you know, but I, without, without, solid information knowledge and willingness to engage in counter economics without the willingness to put in the sweat equity to grow your own food without willingness to even learn uh, a handful of marketable skills that you could barter with people who did put in that sweat equity or did you know all that kind of then you know that's those are the kind of people that are always going to be led by the nose by whatever authoritarian state exists in any incarnation and, and imagine i don't if we think, could barter with energy from each other's local communities like if I, you can well, harness can. whatever type of energy yes absolutely and barter with a, the, that storable energy somehow between people that would be the ultimate solution to break away yeah. from the grid and we, the system we can and that's something that's doable it, it's a willingness to do that but it's also a willingness to realize that you can't save everybody that there are always going to be a lot of people that want to be led by the nose and if you want them to even consider what you're doing you have to successfully establish and present an alternative to whatever passes as the current status quo by the way I think that, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, there's still an excess of wild boar out there, so it's okay to eat boar right now since we're talking about the food line. Boar is delicious. You're in about a year delicious. and a half, dude. I, there's an excess amount of boar. We'll be, we did the we'll story on AM reservations. Waco. We'll be taking reservations to hunt up at the property. You got to get in line behind Joe Rogan and his money. But maybe, <laughs> Let's go. Maybe Let's I'll go do get a some favor. boar. Maybe I'll do a favor. Hi. Ask you guys something. How many people do you guys think, percentage-wise, in America, understand what's going? That we, the people of the United States, have, are being left behind. I, I mean, that there is a is there is a left and right false uniparty that are fully committed to the I feel the globalist situation, but that we, the people of the United States, are being totally. And it doesn't matter where you fall. We are not being. I. I feel like the people of this country are being left behind and and that the people that the government the uniparty whatever that they're they're already gone like do, do you guys feel like people in america understand the stakes at which we we find ourselves at the moment yes and no yeah. because the largest block of voting eligible people in america are non-voters people who don't participate the second largest voting block is people who identify as independent and then the smallest two blocks of voting age eligible Americans are people who are Republicans and Democrats. So on a level, yes. On another level, no, because everybody is assaulted 24-7 by division porn and terror porn and mm -hmm. war porn and porn porn and food porn and whatever else. Yeah, I think I Republicans think know that we're America's being left behind, but I think only a small percentage really know that it's a uniparty. I guess I would say they're a mutually exclusive group. Steve's huge percentage of people who don't vote know it's a uniparty. And then I think Republicans who do vote, I think, think that realize that we've got a problem. Yeah, I believe I our Overton window has moved in a corporate spend. Sorry. 
I, I just want to say, like, I don't, I, I don't even know. I, I find that the RNC and Lynn Red is so disgusting, as I do find that DNC and Act Blue are so disgusting. They're both disgust. They're just total frauds. And and I, I feel like there's way more people that get it, but because of how it's set up, everyone, you, you can't participate if you're an independent, basically, when it matters the most, which is the primaries. Mm-hmm. You can't participate if you're outside the system, obviously, and people right. just pick sides to be able to participate when they right. know it's not real. I just feel like so many more people know it's like this lesser of two evils BS that's been going on for 50 years. I just, I feel like... At least the people here that are from all different walks of life and usually, you know, and, and all the all the offshoots of the people that come in and, in and out of Union on the Unwanted are a good cross section of how America is. All of us that started on the show years ago, back and forth, you know, agree now. So, like Pasta, when you had the show with like the Marxists and and me and, and you and and Don DeBar and somebody else. And it was like, how do we all end up agreeing? Like. I just feel like there's so many more of us and there's no definition or no group to be like this. But if this well, group was was a, a party, we'd be a lot better off, you know? Well, I, I would say I, I wish that that number were bigger. Um, I mean, I, that was one of the really amazing things about CauseFest. I mean, it really was that. Everybody got it, you know? Like, it was not about politics. It was like, we need to come together. We don't agree on everything. We need to come together because it is we the people. And really, we're the enemies of them. Uh, but unfortunately, I I think because I'm constantly surrounded by people like you. And so I I feel like everybody gets it. It seems so obvious. But the reality is then I go out into the like normie world and quote unquote normie world. And even the, you know, Republicans, the conservatives, the, you know, classical liberals, whatever label you want to put it, but the people who you would think are somewhat awake really don't get it. They're like, yeah, we just need to vote harder. We just need to get the right person in office. You know, the 2024 election coming up, we can just get Trump or DeSantis or whoever their guy is or RK, you know, and it's all going to turn around. And they really think that that's the solution. It's it's mind boggling and baffling to me. I, I do think more and more people are waking up to the reality that it is a uniparty. And unfortunately, it's not just a uniparty in DC. It's a uniparty in DC that is working. It's a, it's a worldwide coordinated effort. I mean, there is a globalist entity, you know, I, I, whether you want to call them like the trillionaire oligarchs or whatever it is. Um, I actually think it's, you know, that is it to some extent, but it is more complicated than that. It is this very intricate web that they have created. And they're really, they're running the show and they're working with, they've just infiltrated through DC and a lot of the politicians, I mean, I, I'm preaching to the choir. I know you all know this, but a lot of people don't get it. They, they really don't. And well, a lot of people are asking for collectivist solutions when the solution I believe lies in individualism. Like we need a a new enlightenment. We need a return back to individualism and we need it also codified in law, even if that means a new constitution. And not just in individualism, but it's really it's communities because I, I think it's both. This is I think this is part of the false dialectic is they want to create this that either it's, you know, the, the rugged individualism or it's this uh, collective state type thing. That's the solution. And really, well, and it, the collective is an abstract. 
that's the problem with it. It's an abstract that you can be, it could be whatever you want it or wish it to be. And you sure, don't have to live in the reality of what it is. They, they've eroded communities. They've eroded families. That's not just individual. That's an extension of the individual. And so, of course, they've done that so that they could replace it with the state. But it is really, it's not just, you know, one man as an island unto himself. It really is the individuals with these extended networks, whether it be the family, the communities. And the communities can be, you know, I mean, in older days, they might have been your tribal communities. In some cases, they could be religious communities. It could just be your neighborhood. It could be, you know, what we're seeing a lot of now, these like homestead communities that are, uh, almost reminiscent of like communes and it, it can be a myriad of different things but that's really what would be uh, i think the antidote to what they're talking about and that's not just individualism or the collective it, it is some hybrid of the two but it is not uh outsourcing the solution that's the biggest problem and i, I agree with you on that is that it's because we've out people want to outsource the solution whether it be to some savior that's going to be the pres the quote-unquote president that's going to turn it all around or whether it be uh the state or whatever it is instead of looking inward but lo also looking inward within their local communities and their you know tribes for lack of a better word I would probably not make suggest a different constitution. We are not doing better. It is the thin parchment line. And I'm basically an anarchist or a, a budding agorist, but if <laughs> it, there, nothing is going to get any closer to the plain letter of actual protections. I'm not, I think we should return to the constitution. Restoration. Yes, restore. Yes, not them. revolution, because they want revolution, right? I mean, yeah, whether right. you're talking about the monopoly capitalists, right. the Marxists, the socialists, if the they have revolution, they we're all the want revolutions. Can we, we just be born place. again, uh, born again constitutionalists, and or identify as born again constitutionalists, <laughs> and, and not have to go through? I'm all just the trying to be practical because yeah. the, once I realize that 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 anarcho-capitalism or whatever like that that my objection to the state on philosophical grounds was perhaps planted i would say courtney would say but in any case weaponized to foster a world government because if you take out the nation state it's not going to go my way mm -hmm. so i'm going to hold the line until it's going to go my way just read the last chapter of road to serfdom by von hayek I don't right think there. I ever got to the last chapter, but I'll read it before the next time I talk to you. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't always... that leave us in the same position, though? Like if we're just uh, reaffirming the uh, existence of the state to protect us? No, like the I'm saying type of, for me, uh, I would just say the Bill of Rights is the is a piece of paper that you can get a lot of people to hold the line against an overreaching government. If you have a new constitution, it's not going to have, it's going to have a bunch of mumbo jumbo, but it's not going to be adjudicated protections. And when those protections are violated, it's very clear because there are a lot of words on pages already that identify that. So I'm just saying like libertarians, myself included, die by the sword, but we don't live by it. So well, what was the I'm, penalty for them violating our First Amendment over the past several years? What was the penalty I'm for the Biden administration? This, I mean, if you, you know, the, there's no there's no I'm penalties built into it. That's that's the, the what I see the problem. The Constitution could be amended, right? Like, so if you if you add some sort of penalties, like being able to remove uh, terrible politicians, 
to be able to get to be able to stand up and say yes. something about who's involved in your government. Just that that particular Making thing. Making it alone. better, I think, would be fine. I just wouldn't scrap it because you'll lose more than you'll get back, in my opinion. Ricky, you've been quiet. What's happening? No, this Are you is pontificating. Dude, you know, we all host shows. We probably all feel like we do plenty, of, <laughs> plenty of talking anyway. <laughs> so I don't feel the I've need. I've been on vacation, so I'm talking too much. <laughs> Ricky, it looks like you shred, brother. I love that stuff in the background there. Look at all those beautiful guitars. Yes, I, I, I grew up a, a metalhead. Yes, yep. Same, so, very much the same. Absolutely. There's a lot of there's a lot of metalheads in the alternative media. I've found so. Yeah, I just want a sound drop of Ricky going, yes, I I shred. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Chaos AD, um, old, old school Fear Factory, and a lot of Meshuggah turned me on to alternative media because of the concepts oh. being discussed in those types of uh, songs and albums. Sure. Yeah. Burton's been on my show, Burton C. Bell from uh, the singer Fear Factory. Well, the old singer, because they just got a new singer, but that's uh, a lot. Uh, they're domestic dispute that they're constantly fighting but um but yeah burton c bells very if you guys haven't heard of fear factory uh back in the, in the day they were one of the first artists or at least one of the first ones that i've was introduced to that was uh messing around with the man versus machine thing and a very fascinating guy i mean they have whole albums that are just dedicated to this whole man versus machine uh idea and uh their music it sounds like what you would think, you know, man versus machine themed music would sound like. They're just awesome, awesome, and and very fascinating. Uh, a lead singer and and writer, and um, you know, just a, a very deep thinker. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's nice to have music out there that is good and thought provoking. And um, you know, there's not a whole lot of that out there, you know, anymore. And um, you know, there's still some. You know, I don't want to be the old person who says, "Oh, there's no good." you know new music it's i don't i don't think that's ever true i just think that a lot of times we grow up with something and it has a you know a a special place in our heart and then it's hard to you know to kind of um you know continue keeping up with the new genres and whatnot but i've i'm actually the opposite i i i constantly am looking for like what are people listening to today and uh i i get i get bored you know that's why my podcast i constantly have different types of people on because i get bored with stuff and i get bored with listening to the same music all over and over again i want to know what you know who's pushing the boundaries and who's doing something new and uh, I'll I'll go down to different rabbit holes of, of different types of hip hop, different types of metal, industrial. Um, I you know, and and I think there is probably some correlation between people who who go against the grain in regards to um, you know maybe interest in music. You know, like they they like stuff that's maybe not mainstream, and and maybe it's similar interests in regards to history or philosophy or you know media. Um, you know, maybe that type of there's some type of pattern with your thinking or interest that you know all those things are related but um yeah so i had a chance uh last monday to go down that sort of weird path as well by going to uh dead and company with john mayer uh um, went to go see john mayer's grateful dead cover band the the grateful dead that's cover band that's, Steve, that's, that's, that's not a grateful dead bob Weir is in it and no, I know. So awesome. Oh, I know. We're just fucking. Oh, Mickey so Hart's fun. in it too. D Dave Matthews came out and played too. That's it was so fantastic. Fun. Oh, God. 
Dave Matthews. My husband's going to all the shows. It's their last. I equate that last to the tour. show. You know, I got a, I got a fucking America. random hippie. There's a dive. I just moved here. I don't know anybody in Sonoma County, but at the dive bar where my kid got a job, there's a random dude who shows up on the weekend to freaking sell oysters. And he's like, oh, I've known you for 20 years. And I'm like, yeah, I suppose you have. Fuck. And he won't stop trying to drag me down the shoreline to that last Dead & Company show. And I am just dug in like a chick. No, yeah. no, 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 know, no. Man. You've got to go because you're yeah. a reporter. <laughs> you have to. Christ. I have to go because I have the gang tattoo. Is it's what just, it is. It's when you're twirling, but you have a bad hip. It's it's not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it, it's a little. But but I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I will say this much, and I don't know if they're going to do it at, at the shoreline shows. But they did have a crazy, scary drone performance oh, that I wow. posted on Twitter. If people want to go find that, that, that's freaking wild. It was super killer. Uh, and, and, and I was there with Jeff Warnock, who was on union of the unwanted a couple uh, episodes ago. And he and I were like, just think of the implications of this. You know what I mean? Like project Bluebeam shit times. Like it can look like whatever you want it to look like. It they was, did that back at the, when they played at the, at the San Francisco 49ers with dead and company though. It oh, was did they? the, the manufactured rainbow. And it was oh, like the first it. time that they did a a projected holographic rainbow, and I think might have been oh god twenty nineteen maybe maybe. That's but, so you know, fun, yeah. Charlie. I it feel like we me... all need a dead show. Yeah, but I also <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I I also don't view them the same way I did as I in in the early nineties when I was going to the the dead, you know, and not knowing like. The full backstory, <laughs> but just enjoying the parking, the parking lot yeah. scene. Hanging you know outside, I, mean? I saw right, them six best. months before Jerry Garcia died. Oh, did you? And yeah, it mean, doesn't work if they're not good. It's like the story. John Potash like, changed my perspective on a lot of those bands too. John Potash definitely changed my perspective. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, yeah, and Mark Devlin as well. If you want to, if you find Musical Truths volumes one, two, and three, you can find his books, and they'll, they'll blow your mind. All right, it's that time. We're gonna wrap up and but i want to make sure everybody gets a chance to talk about where they are let's start with you number six you've remained incognito from tnp live where can people find your stuff because it was fucking fantastic tonight thanks for coming hey man i really appreciate that and you know what i i enjoyed everybody's uh company this evening and uh i just want to give a huge shout out to the tmp crew um you can find us on rumble odyssey uh, BitChute, Brighteon, and Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. I think that's all the major platforms. But uh, you'll find me on Twitter as well, number 6TMP, also on Substack. And uh, when you go to TMP, it's a network of shows now. It's not just TMP Live every Friday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. But also we have now uh, conspiring with Mr. Cooper every Saturday night with uh, my friend Tom Cooper and uh, somebody that you work with, Charlie, Chris Graves. Um, and also we have, we have Digging Chris Graves on that network as well. Yep. Uh, that Chris, we Chris does intermittently. And then uh, we also uh, just had a new sign on uh, somebody that we're distribu- uh, distributing his content as well. Uh, my friend, Angry Tiger, he does a... Uh, Tiger and the Snake Financial Report every Friday at four. And he also does the Tiger's Den, which Monaco was on, uh, which is a great show. Uh, he does that every we- Wednesday night at eight. There we go. And occasionally we'll, we'll have a, 
uh, don't take our word for it with Peter Seacosh and Chris Graves too. They talk about stuff like the Lennon assassination since we were just talking about music. Definitely check out those episodes and everything. Nice. And huge, huge shout out to my friend Greg Zeister. Love you, buddy. Thank you for uh, making the contact to get me on this show. This was awesome. Oh uh, well, thanks for coming out. We're you know, listen, we don't know how it. We're we're just trying to figure it out, right? We'll take all the brains we can get. Mel K, you've relocated. I have. I have. Where are you? I left New York City for West Palm Beach, Florida, and uh, I'm just starting out here, hanging at my grandma's for a while. She passed away. Left a cute Aww. place in the in a retirement community. So I get to talk to lots of people in their 70s and 80s that are telling me that they don't know what's happening in the world, and we have very interesting conversations. I bet that's right. <laughs> so that's my favorite. Wow, I'd love to just, hear that. Can you tape some of those and send them to me? You would love it. Right. Yeah. I just did an event at the Villages. It was it was a packed house of 80 year olds. It was excellent. <laughs> oh my god, that's so fantastic. It uh, was. Where, where can people find your stuff? Oh, okay. They, they all came up to me and said they knew about the UN in the 40s. So it was fun. Oh, um, nice. Based uh, group of old people. Love it. It was great. It was awesome. Uh, so I am uh, at themelkshow.com is my hub. I am on all uh, free speech platforms, which means not YouTube. And uh, I am on uh, my main hub is Rumble, but I'm, I'm all over the place. And also uh, audio to everywhere, melkshow.com. And uh, I restarted. I never got back the Mel K show on Twitter. So I, I think I'm extra special somehow. So I had to start over there. So we dropped the D. It's at Mel K show. And uh, and I travel around. I also Instagram and um, and uh, Truth Social, which a lot of you might not be on, but it is uh, a very interesting place to be. I bet but it is. You. Well, we're glad to see you again. Courtney, what's cooking? How you been? Uh, not too much. You can find me at CourtneyTurner.com. It's spelled like when do I have it? Courtenay, C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y, Turner.com. Um, and we're we're actually right now, I'm down in Florida. I'm looking for a location for the next Cause Fest. So we're planning on that. Uh, we're looking at October 13th through 15th. And we're not 100% sure. We need to lock down the locations, uh, the venues. So we're, but that's what we're planning on. And uh, yeah, CourtneyTurner.com is where you can find all the links to all the platforms that i'm on so well when you get it squared away and figured out with a date and uh, then please come back and we'll we'll talk all about it make sure that yeah, definitely. Everybody, everybody knows um so monica what's the plan for the bookshelf oh my gosh i literally have like well over a thousand books out in that hallway I and know. i just i'm trying to think like how do you organize a bookshelf and like you look it up and it's like i mean i've done it before but like it's like history fiction and i'm like no 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 i mean like jfk assassination 9-11 like how do you my fiance needs to come over and organize your bookshelf because he's constantly like putting categories i'm gonna do it yeah i'm gonna have like normie history i actually have that in the front of the house so like when people come in they'll see you know the history of winston churchill you know the biography of winston churchill and then then you hit them with like a hammer in the back in the library they're like <laughs> the satanic verses by Salman Rushdie. What the fuck right. is going on? The Why is there a grimmery here? <laughs> so you'll see it. I allowed this instead of putting a screen back there. I allowed it to start like this, and over the next couple of weeks or months, you'll see it populate. I and can't see wait. What I come up with. <clears throat> That's so, well, so cool. What's but going on with the shows? Bit, yeah, I've been a little slow. Not not the worst. I'm, I was kind of working on a grand opus of like, who are they? 
you know, the capital T with the TM, like I just feel it needs to be updated. And I think every, I might even make a series of it and have people put their little pieces in. I tried to do like a, you know, a show in one day. I was like, this is not going to work. So that's what I'm working on. And if you want to hear all the things I've done before, I've got them all categorized at monicasdeepdives.com. And you can listen on your favorite podcasting platform with D, uh, to Deep Dives with Monica Perez and rockfin.com slash deep dives. My next show is going to be with Courtney and we're going to dig into, is it the libertarian? Was it, I guess, the last chapter of Hayek? I want to know what the last chat, what the next chapter is and a little Tavistock. Ooh. Yes. Ooh, yeah. funny. I know, you like funny. that, Charlie. Ooh, I'm, I'm working on some Tavistock stuff myself. Oh, uh, yeah. What, uh, yeah, I can't get enough of that culture factor. <laughs> no, there's there. it, it never, it's the gift that does not stop giving. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Well, uh, Pasta, where are you? Oh, in, in Pasta, real quick. <laughs> can we talk about Cuba? Just Can you just, just in like a, a minute or two uh, talk sure. about... Because that was so rad to get those pictures from you and and the kids down there look like they were super excited. Yeah, yeah. And thank you, Charlie Robinson, as one of the benefactors to help me go over there and bring some stuff to the kids. Oh, Obviously, you know, uh, trying to humanize the whole situation. Uh, you know, my target audience was just thinking about a Trump supporting mother that's an anti-communist that, you know, will manufacture consent for these sanctions and that's what these sanctions do the sanctions are not meant to stop a country's leadership from doing anything uh, sanctions are meant to throw be thrusted upon a country to where they starve the people out that they get so frustrated that they want to remove their government mm -hmm. so you know with donald trump as last week in his campaign labeling cuba as a state sponsor of terrorism oh <laughs> upping the sanctions um they're in a bad way you know uh, they have their own you know, issues. The Cuban government didn't do what the Nicaraguan government, where I'll be going to Nicaragua next week to actually uh, cover the Sandinistas revolution and them beating back the Contras years and years ago. But, you know, uh, uh, the, the leader of uh, Nicaragua said, you know, Nicaraguans got to eat. Therefore, no lockdowns. We're staying open. Cuba did not. And Cuba is very much dependent on, on uh, you know, tourism and, and whatnot. So they were really in a bad way. They have a fuel crisis there. The cars go around the block. There's garbage on the streets of Havana because they can't have they don't have the fuel for the garbage trucks to go pick it up enough. And they've also had the shortage of baseball equipment coming in there. They can't get the aluminum to make the bats. They can't get the leather in to make the clubs. So uh, I just wanted to have a situation in where I can humanize these kids and show, you know, that mother over here that it's really not about communism, Cuban. It's about just human beings. And I was able to take over, you know, about three hundred dollars worth of used equipment, some new equipment, too, as well. Uh, and I struck gold. I met somebody in my Airbnb who happened to ha have a stepfather be the coach of three, oversaw three teams, the kids of Havana. And uh, I was able to go down there and uh, my activism and hand out some balls, some bats, some gloves, some mitts uh, to some kids that normally, you know, that are in a bad way and able to do that. So just trying to build a bridge with Cuba. You know, I, I like to do that work all the time. And I always love coming back and talking about what I experienced over there. I'm going to Nicaragua next week. And when I do get back from Nicaragua, we're going to hit the ground running. I have a give, send, go up, give, send, go.com slash RFK media. Uh, I, I tend to get out there and ask them the hard questions. Guys, I'm going to ask RFK about how he feels about chemtrails and geoengineering. So, you know, I'm going to ask all the tough questions. As you know, you know, people say I have a bias to him, but I'm the one who went up there to New Hampshire and asked him his stance on Israel and Palestine. So, mm -hmm. you know, I started that shit store myself. So, you know, to give the to give the people out there some honest citizen journalism and ask the questions that need to be asked rather than the bullshit pity pat 
That's what I intend to do. And if I'm not covering RFK, he has a couple of days off. I can go dip into Cornell West. Maybe if the Libertarians ever pick somebody, we can go bother them somewhat. Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, Marianne Williamson, anybody that can get in front of their face with a microphone and camera. Uh, I intend to do so, uh, Derek Bro style. So that's yeah, what I'm going to sure. be doing. So you can go check awesome. it out at Yo Pasta. It's pinned up there. Thank you guys. Make sure you print out uh, their tweets like Derek Bros did too when he confronted. Um Tulsi, Tulsi in that parking garage and said, said well, why said you're not a member of the World Economic Forum, young global leaders? And what about this tweet? And he just held it up yeah. showing that she said, hey, so grateful to be included in this new World Economic Forum, young global leader, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, none of, listen, we're all victims of our own government. Just just a matter of degree. Right. And you saw it in Cuba uh, to an insane degree. And that's so easily prevented because a, t- a ton of that is because of the fucking embargo that we have with them. It's terrible. R- it's ridiculous. Terrible. It's so it's not necessary. It's the such low hanging state- fruit. Why isn't one of these people yeah. running for, for, for a president that wants to make a big splash? Why don't they just come around and say, we're not doing this anymore. This yeah. is just inhumane and bullshit and political and it's obvious oh and we're bringing julian assange home or we're, we're we're dropping all charges against him and all that stuff you want to win the presidency you want to get people excited then you're going to have to step up and 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 go against the system in some respects and and if you do i'll tell you what you will wind up on am wake up with pasta's partner steve over there for sure <laughs> I, I don't interview politicians, but no, yeah, no, maybe, don't. maybe one day, maybe it's not going to be a politician that, that, that I, gets people excited about this. I think about it. I will. I was actually, I was thinking about, uh, interviewing Dr. Shiva just because I like to hear cutesy I, little nicknames with cuss words attached to celebrities that he doesn't like. I think that I, that's I, I just booked Shiva t- today for, <laughs> for that reason. He's because I mean that's a legitimate reason to book the dude. He knows a lot of stuff. No, I, I just I'm I just want to I just want to hear <laughs> how he sees the world for sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, he's yeah. he's and definitely sure. definitely an interesting fella. Um, I if if you're not familiar with the show, it is AM Wake Up. Uh, I'm on summer hours because my kids are here, and it was just killing me to do seven shows a week, six days a week, while I only get to hang out with them for a little bit of time. Plus, I'm like working off grid at two different properties for 10 to 14 hours a day, basically every day. Um, which is also fun. Um, it is, it's fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific Rockfin rumble. And then afterwards, basically anywhere else you can find a podcast. Um, uh, let's see tomorrow, uh, Frank Cavanaugh and Matt Baker are, uh, on for T-Lab Tuesday, comedian Danny Polish Chuck. And then I think Texas Slim's coming through for a now weekly beef intelligence and food intelligence segment on the program. Uh, Johnny Vedmore back in the building, uh, on Thursday. Um, my buddy Chris has a show called the rain out rant cash. Shout out to him. This fuck YouTube shirt is his, uh, Oh, yeah. And in uh, Shepherd, he 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 got himself invited to become successful and employed elsewhere. Uh, so for uh, the next couple of weeks, while he's looking for a new job, when he's around, he's gonna pop in, hang out, shoot the shit, um, and, and that's always fun. As always, I am humbled and, and and honored to be a part of the best ensemble podcast in the motherfucking multiverse. Thank you guys, you rock. We appreciate it. Uh, let's make sure Scott Armstrong from Rebunked and Unjected was here. 
We had Susie Olson Corgan as well. She's a badass. She's in there. She's in Washington fighting for your rights, in case you didn't know. We had Christy Lee as well. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Let's not forget one of the core four. Um, I had the treat of being on Midnight Mike's OBDM podcast uh, as a co-host. Steve was also on as a co-host. That was awesome. It was like Christmas. Yeah, it was really a lot of fun. It's really a lot of fun. It's the best fucking podcast in the world. It just mm, is. You can go to obdmpod.com or rbigdumbmouth.com. A lot of UFO news. Uh, I'm going to figure it out. I think uh, this year I'm going to figure out the whole UFO phenomenon. And I'll let everyone know what I you find should. out. So. I'm coming close. I'm coming very close. But uh, yeah, uh, obdmpod.com. Thanks. Uh, Ricky. Ricky's uh, always like, Six months ahead with the doctors on his show. Yeah, he he's is. always got him booked. And then you're like, "Oh my god, this guy's fucking great." Where's this guy been? And Ricky's like, oh, "I talked to that guy like last year." <laughs> so who are you talking to now that we should be paying attention to six months from now? Uh, I just uploaded a uh, Doctor Pierre Brunkner. He's he's an interesting uh, doctor. He worked for Liverpool and he worked for um, a bunch of national cricket teams, and and he's a Australian doctor and um. But and then I have a doc or uh, not doctor, but a John Stockton uh, episode oh, that yeah. will be up in the next twenty four hours, which I'm really excited about because, as you guys know, I'm a big basketball fan. So it's always cool to, you know, we always say don't meet your heroes, but it's uh, it's always cool when you get to chat with a hero and they're cooler than you expected. So he's uh, I a lot of credit to people like him, and I I remember. Um, talking to uh glenn mayor glenn jacobs uh, also known in the wwe universe as uh kane undertaker's brother uh he was another guy who just you know i grew up watching these guys and to be able to sit down and talk to them and then just find out that not just as performers but as people they're amazing you know guys and and people who stand up for something and aren't afraid to push back is just it's awesome. It really is. So it's been an uh, absolute pleasure to, to, you know, meet all everybody in the community and, uh, including people on this show. So the ripple effect podcast.com, uh, much like Mel, I'm on all the <laughs> platforms except YouTube and, uh, and check that out. And uh, yeah, keep a lookout for the John Stockton show. And I, I think that's, I, I don't look too far ahead with, uh, my guests, but. I'm sure I have somebody else booked that's interesting in the future. And if I forgot about them, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. John Stockton's a good one, man. That's, that's the dude that was, I mean, you know, he yeah. had the shortest of shorts. Yeah. You know, and, and the cool, he, you know, he's so outspoken about like just what's going on in the world. And he's one of those guys too, who are, you know, politically homeless, doesn't really, you know, he, he'd rather discuss, ideas then uh discuss you know parties and that type of thing you know i've heard tucker i think when tucker was talking to uh russell brand he, he had a, a very similar line where he was saying he's like you know i don't you know people think that he likes to discuss left versus right and republican versus but he, he he's like no i want to talk to people and discuss their journeys and their stories and their personal philosophies and i want to you know to, discuss ideas and i think that's what brings a lot of us together on this show is that we don't really care about those labels we care about like okay what's your opinion on whatever specific thing let's discuss it let's dissect it let's challenge it let's uh let other people challenge our ideas and and that's the beautiful thing about the show and um it, it really has 
worked out better than anybody could really imagine when you really think about like you know i sometimes people will email me and, and be like oh uh, you know, how does this work or that? I'm like, listen, it just all works out. Like people are respectful, people get get along. And and I think from the outside looking in, you would assume so many people with different backgrounds and and from different parts of the world and different philosophies would be butting heads on a you know on a normal basis. And it's not the case at all. You know, it's it's we're all like, you know, I I forget who said it earlier, but we're all kind of fighting the same people and we might have different perspectives on what the exact solutions might be or how to go about it but if we all can come together and like you know focus on our similarities uh then you know and not let those things the other difference the other th labels and stuff divide us then at least it's a step in the right direction because obviously that's what they want divide and conquer yep it's we 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 offer a place for competing competing ideas and let them sort of duke it out that's okay that's good that's that's how you're supposed to do it you can catch macro aggressions uh wherever podcasts are served i had james corbett on this week uh next week chris matthew from forbidden knowledge news check it out you can follow me on twitter at macro aggressions on instagram now at macro aggressions podcast thanks everybody thank yeah. you all thanks guys see you <laughs>